Dear Mom, You taught me so much. That practice makes perfect. And perfect is overrated. Thank you for holding me when it hurt. Sharing your sense of wonder and humor for knowing when to stay close and when to let me go. You've always seen my beauty, my hard work, and never underestimated what I can do. Enjoy. I am who I am because of you. Happy Mother's Day. Good morning, Storyline, and happy Mother's Day. So last week we transitioned officially from Story Online to Storyline Outside at Lincoln Township Park. But due to weather, here we are. I'm back online again this morning. Thank you for joining us. Last Sunday we began a new series looking at the life of Jesus throughout the book of Luke asking a number of questions like how do we move past a life full of to-do lists and into a life that's more about a to-be list how do we put the monkey first it's the way we put it last week which means the most important part the hardest part but the best part of life first how do we get those priorities straight and we discovered that in the opening lines of the book of luke the bible makes it clear that our ability to do that is somehow related to, inspired by, and empowered through what Jesus has fulfilled. That's the case that Luke is going to be trying to make in his account of the life of Jesus. And I've been thinking about what we looked at last week, and I've been thinking about it like this this week. Taking our turn at life, at really living in and living out the grace of God, means saying something like this to God. Hey, even though I know I'm not good enough to figure life out, to fix the world, or my world, or even myself, God, I'm trusting that you are inviting me to this do-over, to step back up to the plate, and by the grace you are giving me, through what Jesus has fulfilled, swing away. Like, really go for it. And this morning, we're going to talk about that some more what it might look like to swing away, to tap into this source of grace, what Jesus has fulfilled, so that we can move toward the goal of grace. That is what we can fulfill as we follow Jesus. And this is all about what God wants to do, not just for us, but in us and through us. And how fitting on this Mother's Day that as we move forward in chapter one of Luke, we find Mary, the mother of Jesus, doing just this. 
tapping into the source and then stepping toward the goal of grace. Now let me give a little background on Mary and her situation. We're gonna pick up the story, it's about the year four BC. And the Roman Empire has conquered and occupied the Jewish nation of Israel. And the people of Israel were horrified and humbled by this situation. And they were desperately awaiting their promised Messiah, a savior who they believed would rise up, throw off Roman rule, and reestablish Israel's autonomy. Now Mary, at this time, is a teenager, and she's engaged to be married. And she is visited by an angel. And this angel told her that God is going to impregnate her and she will give birth to the Messiah. Now that's a lot to take in. Now I've been teaching high school for many years and teens can be described in a lot of ways. And gullible is certainly one of them. Just the other day, this guy in my class was telling some crazy story to one of the girls in my class and she believed it. And then he just laughed at her like, you're so gullible. And so I jumped in and I said to this young man, knock it off. Gullible isn't even a real word. It's not in the dictionary. And his eyes got real big and he said, oh wow, I didn't know that. And then she and I got to laugh at him. Yes, teenagers are gullible, but it would be a mistake to think of Mary like this. She was probably about 15, but back then, 15 was a lot older than it is today. So this news is striking Mary just as crazy as it is us. It's hard to take in. It's hard to believe. And let's be honest, this is horrible news for Mary. It goes against everything that she knows about biology, what she wants for herself, what she hopes for her future and her future family. And it goes against everything that her religion has taught her about God. But there is even more going on here than this surprising news. And it goes beyond even like the miracle of the virgin birth. In fact, to me, the miracle of this story isn't so much what happened to Mary as her response to what happened. This is what she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. In one translation, she says this, May it be unto me as you have said. Now I get that a positive pregnancy test can mean different things to different people. It's the best news ever for some, the worst news ever for others, and the news that so many long to hear and never do. But I think it's safe to say that for a poor, unwed, uneducated, teenage mother in an ultra-conservative religious community, occupied by a foreign enemy that you've been told your child is destined to try and oppose, Mary's was very much not just an unplanned, but also an unwanted pregnancy. So let her reaction sink in for a second. May it be unto me as you have said. It's a really stunning response. You know, a little bit later, a couple verses later, she goes further and actually describes her situation like this. For generations to come, people will call me the most blessed among women. Now, how can this be? This wasn't her idea. She didn't want this to happen. She has every reason to believe that all of her dreams are over now. This is going to ruin her life 
relationally. I mean, can you imagine the conversation she's about to have with her fiance? Uh, it, religiously, this is a scandal and a shame. Mentally and emotionally, she knows she's about to be shunned and excluded. And physically, not only is pregnancy obviously difficult and painful, but her life is literally in danger. Auto wedlock uh, pregnancy was an offense punishable by death in her culture. Now, Mary may be a teenager, but she knows all of this is true. And yet, May it be unto me as you have said, and generations will call me blessed. What's going on here? I mean, I feel like we're missing something. Well, I think Mary knows something here in her heart that she doesn't know that she knows in her head. And we see this all the time in mothers, and frankly, we see it all the time in children. And it is the power the enormous transformative power of limitation. Between a rock and a hard place Whether I like it or not I'm digging my grave Friends ask me why Between a rock in a hard place I ain't getting young enough I'm fading like a sailor I ain't strong like I was when I was young But for all the things I've lost There are Oh
between a rock and a hard place. I mean, I know I have. That is the power of limitation, of taking on, for instance, being a mother. This is what makes motherhood so sacred. Listen to these lines in, from Brandy Carlisle's song, Evangeline, about being a new mother. The first things that she took from me were selfishness and sleep. She broke a thousand heirlooms I was never meant to keep. She filled my life with color, canceled plans, and trashed my car. But none of that is ever who we are. Love that. Mothers are the epitome of may it be unto me as you have said. Like, whatever it takes to fulfill what God has called me to, that is motherhood. When our youngest daughter Emily was born, we learned quickly that her life was going to be very difficult and short. She often struggled to breathe and consequently, uh, Lisa learned to sleep very lightly and was up with her multiple times a, a night sometimes. Emily was never able to eat solid food, so Lisa nursed her every night in the middle of the night, just like she was a newborn infant, for three years. The first thing that she took from me was selfishness and sleep. You know, I remember Lisa being very tired during Emily's life, but I don't remember her ever complaining. She just did what had to be done to love her child. This is what the limitation, the rock and the hard place of having children brings out of mothers. And how and why does it do that? Well, because being a mother means having a front row seat to what makes children magical. And again, it's the same ingredient. It's the power of limitation. And I really wanna dive deeper into this idea because I know that it sounds so crazy. It's so counterintuitive. But we actually see the power of limitation playing out in the lives of children very naturally as they play. In fact, that is what play is. It is limitation. Children intuit at a very young age that being an adult isn't about limitless potential. Now, as adults, that's what we love about children. They could grow up to do or be anything or anyone. <gasps> and that's great, but children know something that they don't know that they know. They know that being an adult, moving from potential to possibility, and finally into this deep sense of peace and purpose requires limitation. And we see it from them all the time. My nephew Owen loves Star Wars. And when he was younger, he always had these figurines with him and he'd hand me one, usually Darth Vader, and he'd keep Luke Skywalker and he'd say, let's play. You be the bad guy, I'll be the good guy. <laughs> Little kids, when they play house, they do the same thing. They assign roles. I'll be the dad, you be the mom, you be the puppy. Now what are they doing? They're taking on limitations. Limitless potential is great, but if it doesn't transform into possibility, 
and purpose, there can be no peace in life. Psychologist Carl Jung talks about this when he points out that there is a point to pointing and how little kids are always pointing as if to say, look here, look at that. Of all the limitless things that we could look at and pay attention to, this right here, focus on that. You see, limitation focuses us. It constrains potential and squeezes it into possibility. And then purpose and peace follow. Maybe this is why Mary knows she will be called the most blessed of all women. I mean, think about it. I promise you that we know this. We just don't know that we know it. Every game, every sport is predicated on limitation. My friend Hannah does the triple jump for her track team at Hope. Have you ever seen the triple jump? I mean, talk about limitation. It's incredible. You have to run as fast as you can, right? Sprint and jump. Then you land and jump, and then you land and jump again. Now, Hannah is amazing at it. She's so springy, she's so jumpy. But the entire thing about this event is about limitation and the rules. Look, if I tried the triple jump and didn't break something, it would be a miracle. But if after three jumps, Hannah was still out further than me, say just a couple inches or maybe like 10 feet, why not just keep jumping and win? Well, because that's not how the game is played. There's a limitation. It's the triple jump, not the quadruple jump. Games worth playing have to have rules. To jump six times, well, that would just make it too easy. There's no challenge. And without challenge, there's no chance to change, to grow, to transform our potential into possibility. My buddy Ricky was telling me that in some games, some video games, there's something called God mode. And in this setting, I guess, you can't die. You can't even be defeated in a fight. But no one plays it for long because it's no fun. Games like that aren't worth playing. In the 1930s, the Superman comic began to give Superman more and more superpowers, thinking this is going to make him so much more popular. And you know what happened? People stopped reading it. There was no suspense, no doubt. There was never a rock and a hard place that Superman was stuck in between. The story wasn't worth reading. Games without rules are no fun. Characters without limitations end up with no character. A life of ease and comfort which removes all the challenge also removes our chance to change. I was listening to inspiring halftime speeches the other day on YouTube, something I, I do when I need to get a little motivated. And this coach said something so cool. His team was just exhausted. They're just sweating and bloody and beaten up and they're, they're just spent. They're totally down. You know, the morale is just on the floor. And he says to them, everything worth having is on the other side of hard. So good. I think this is what mothers see in children. It's their innocence. It's their childlikeness that Jesus 
praises and wants all of us to possess. And that childlikeness is the joyful willingness to seek out limitation, not to resist it, but to choose the challenge. That is what it means to play well. That is swinging away. One of Jesus' first followers was a man named Paul. And he wrote a letter one time trying to describe what the love of God was like for him and in his life. And he said this, the love of God constrains us. It always makes me think of like water in a hose. It can't just flow freely or go wherever. The hose constrains the water. But it is that limitation that gives the water direction and power. Maybe this is why mothers are like the most beloved people on earth. Because of precisely this, their entire lives, their existence is chosen like voluntary limitation. May it be unto me, as you have said, for the sake of another. Mothers then, they're not just miracles, they're metaphors, they're mythological creatures who bear in their body, and, this, and then with their very lives, the core aspect of reality. It is only in choosing to freely give up our freedom and accepting limitation that our lives move from this puddle of potential into possibility and purpose and peace. Last week at school, I had to have a chat with one of my students who is just doing nothing. And so I sat down next to him and I said, look, exactly what do you want? And to his credit, he was really honest and he said, I want this to be easy. <laughs> okay. And so then I asked him, what in your life has been easy and rewarding? And he had to admit, nothing. And so I suggested to him that actually maybe what you want is something hard. Maybe difficult is necessary. What if labor pains, what it takes to bring something into existence is one way to measure its worth? A friend of ours visited one of Storyline's gatherings several years ago and she was there really early and she was watching all of these people, all of our setup teams and all the teams of, of volunteers getting things ready in the lobby, in the auditorium, the, the band on the stage, people getting the kid port rooms ready. And she came up to me and she goes, this is like a beehive around here. You all work so hard at this. Wouldn't it just be easier if you had a building? And I looked at her and I told her, easier isn't always better. We care about what costs us. Could childbearing and child raising point to this truth any more clearly? Is it not, all at the same time, the absolute most impossible and hardest thing, and yet the most important and most beautiful thing any parent has ever done? Well, what makes us think that isn't true for every other part of life? to be a parent, to be a mother, 
means staring God, life, and reality right in the face and saying, may it be unto me as you have said. This is motherhood's anthem. It's childhood's theme. And it is the path to purpose and peace. Mary tapped into this source of grace and she stepped in to the goal of grace through this kind of surrender to God's invitation. And as a result, she gave birth to the divine. And think about this. What kind of God did she give birth to? One who, up until the point of his human birth, lacked only one thing. Have you ever thought about that? Like, what does God lack? There's only one thing. Limitation. But not Jesus. Not the God that we find in the Bible. Because the Bible says this about him. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages that status of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. Isn't it fascinating? Isn't it incredible? that God did not show up in God mode. He came to us as one of us, limited. It won and what kind of life did it lead to? One of enormous purpose and peace. And at the end of his life, one of the last recorded statements we have of Jesus, as he surrendered his freedom, and stepped back into the ultimate rock and hard place yet again for us. He said this, Father, not my will, but yours be done. You know, another way that we could say that is, Father, may it be unto me as you have said. And that response saved the world. You know, as I prepared this talk this week and saw what Luke is showing us in the life of Mary, I couldn't help but think of all the ways that I rebel against limitation, that I fight focus, that I avoid commitment, shirk responsibility, and look for the easy way. And yes, it does make life more comfortable, but that comes at the steep, steep price of purpose and peace. And if Luke is right, when we live that way, we don't just pay the price ourselves, those around us, and in fact, the whole world does as well. Could it be by embracing the limitations required to fully live in and live out God's grace, whatever that looks like for you in your life right now, two things happen. The first is it gives birth to the divine in our lives, as it did with Mary. And the second is, it saves the world, as it did with Jesus. Maybe tapping into what Jesus has fulfilled 
is not only the way we step into what we can fulfill. Maybe it's the only way to be fulfilled at all. On this Mother's Day, let's learn from Mary and mothers and children and embrace limitation. Choose focus. Take on responsibility. And by, with, through, and for God's grace, move from potential into possibility, purpose, and peace. May we all join Mary and Jesus with this surrender to whatever God is calling us to. May it be unto me as you have said. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. We look forward to being together in person again soon, hopefully next week. This morning we lift up mothers around the world, our mothers, and we're so thankful for the ways that you show us how to live and how to live life to the full through the sacrifice, the focus, the limitation that they take on for the sake of others. God, I pray that you would show us the people and places and things in our lives that you want to give birth to through us. God, I pray that as we log off this morning, you would help us to grow and remain open, alert, expectant, and dependent on you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks, and hope to see you in person next Sunday at Lincoln Township Park. Thanks.